Woo-wee, Anne-Marie Wiley, the Real Houses of Beverly Hills newbie, is getting called out by the ASA, and she is clapping back. Monica Garcia's lawsuit against Heather Gay has just been dismissed, so we'll dive into that. Um, we got lots of tea, so I hope you guys are ready, Freddie. Let's get it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, Surf Fresh, all week long. Now, let's dive in. Bitch, I said what I said. I'd rather be famous instead. I don't care. I paint the town red. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. It is Monday. Monday fun day. January 22nd. I did just want to give a little shout out to my pals, the Brav Bros. What up, Steel and Shooter? Going to give them a little love, a little shout out. I believe I'm going to be on their podcast this week, Numero Uno. Two, they're going to be on Watch What Happens Live this week. Congrats to the bros. My bros are getting it going. Let's get it, boys. Um, so be sure to watch Watch What Happens Live this week, all week long. The bros, I believe... Um, um, oh my god, why is my, my brain blinking? Um, anyway, they have a show in New York City, a live show, the first live show that they're doing without me. They've they've flown the nest. They've they're they're doing the damn thing. Good for them. Um, but they have a live show in New York City on Thursday, January twenty fifth. So if you guys are available this Thursday, get some tickets. Kempire's gonna be doing a show right after them. They're doing back to back shows. So get your tickets to the bros, get your tickets to Kempire, go support them. I love all the content creators that are out there doing the damn thing. I send them my love, I send them my support. And I'm sad I can't be in New York. I was debating between going to New York for the Bros and Kempire or going up to San Francisco for Teddy and Tamara, who are doing a show in San Francisco this Thursday. Um, I unfortunately couldn't get out of town this week, so I will not be at any of their shows, but I'm sending them so much virtual love. If you're in New York or you're in the tri-state area, definitely get some tickets. Go support the Bros. Go support Kempire. And yeah. Also, I feel like um, this week's live is going to be... there's Okay, so there's a lot of drama. Uh, that apparently went down over this weekend. Um, I went to this event with uh, Kristen Takeman. My manager told me about the event. He told me to go because Kristen might end up coming on the podcast because the new management team that I'm with also represents Kristen. So my manager was like, you should go to this event that she's doing and you'll get a chance to connect with her and you'll get a chance to connect with the, the founders of the new management team that I'm with. And so I went to the event, but there was a lot of drama that came out. Like there were a lot of people that were DMing me to some things. So we'll get into it. Uh, and this Friday's members only um, just cause oof, it's, I have so many thoughts and questions and I'm ruminating, not ruminating. I'm marinating. I'm letting it all kind of digest, but um, yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, just going for a whole new look, the dark hair. Now the facial hair did do, do you, do you have a new personality to go with? Do I need a new, a new personality? Baby, I'm still the same old bitch. Oh, ruthless, not toothless. That be me. Um, I mean, listen, the facial hair is kind of, it just kind of happened. You know, I was, as you've seen, if you were following me on Instagram, it's been nonstop um, all week. So I've literally, like, even when I take a shower, it's like, okay, you got two minutes. Go shower, take like a horse bath and keep it going. Um so, yeah, I just have not really had a chance to shave. And I was like, oh, this double's not bad. And so, I don't know. We're just, we're, we're exploring. But if you guys like the facial hair, maybe I'll keep it. Maybe I'll tame it. It's only been, like, what, about a week? So this is, you know, a week of stubble. I don't know. Maybe we'll keep it. Maybe we won't. We're, we're just living life right now. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Um, but apparently, I need a new personality to go with my new look. It's Is it really a new look? I mean, I guess. I went from, like, being a platinum blonde bitch to now having, you know, dark hair and facial hair. I've always kind of let my stubble grow out, though. You know, let it grow out for a couple of days. This is the longest I think I've let it grow out before. I don't know. Nor do I really give a shit. Um, but, yeah. What should we start with first? Should we start with Anne-Marie? Anne-Marie! She is the newbie in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And my goodness, is she in some drama. So we saw on, what was it, last week's episode of Beverly Hills or the week before, Crystal started questioning her. Um, I guess it was last week, but we saw it in the previews and the the clips that were released early. Crystal was calling out Anne-Marie because she's like, Anne-Marie said that she was a doctor and she's not really a doctor. She's a liar, 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 pants on fire. And son's like, well, I got a small esophagus, but I can deep throat. And then she lost her chance to get a second date. So that's basically a recap of this season of Beverly Hills. And listen, Beverly Hills started good, and I'm kind of liking it. I'm invested in the Kyle and Mauricio and Morgan stuff, which we're not getting a whole lot of, but we're kind of seeing it. I loved the Denise versus Erica stuff. I love the way Erica shut down Denise. I don't give a fuck about the fucking esophagus. I'm over the esophagus. Like, I don't care. My esophagus actually kind of hurts. I scratched it. I um, had some leftover white rice that I had in the fridge. And if anybody knows when you have rice that you take out of the fridge, it's usually like hard. And so I was like, oh, I'd better eat some carbs before I run to the gym because I'm going to have a long run day. And I ate them and it like scraped my throat. And I don't know, that sounds gross, but yeah. Um, But listen, Beverly Hills, I think is good this season. But now I'm like, like I like that they're playing, like there's some action going on. I don't love the stupid esophagus thing and the nurse title thing like it's I guess I don't know I guess it's um like it's light drama it's like not deep drama it's not like serious drama but like I mean come on the glory days of Beverly Hills were like Taylor and Russell let's be real Kim and her addiction and her dating her drug dealer remember those days allegedly remember those days like that was some when it was dark and it was real and it was receipts timeline screenshots everything like that is some real shit like that's you know prison you know or what or what like that shit is that's the real shit you because know, it's real life like fighting over an esophagus i think is the stupidest fucking thing and listen Anne marie i i'm trying to give her a fair shot and i always say i like to give housewives at least three seasons before making a fully formed opinion of them Right, because we want to get to see them well rounded. I never think we should judge a housewife based off her off of her first season or her second season, because usually you have a good first season and then the second season is bad, or usually you have a bad first season and your second season is better. So you know, usually depend you're gonna get the polar opposite of one and then the other, and then by the their third season is where we get a more well like rounded version of them. Right, we see how they are. They finally found their footing. They're not pandering to the audience unless there are some of these Beverly Hills ladies um so yeah you know and I just I don't think we've given Anne-Marie a fair shot yet however she is in some drama with her title because Crystal calls her out and there was a difference and then it even came out on the Beverly Hills after show there's a difference between an anesthesiologist and a nurse esthetician esthetist um and so the way Anne-Marie explained it on the Beverly Hills after show, because we saw it on the actual show where Crystal's like, she said she was a doctor and she's not really a doctor. So Anne-Marie then clarified that she's a nurse anesthetist and how it's you, when you're a nurse 
anesthetist. You're essentially doing the same thing as an anesthesiologist. However, an anesthesiologist is a doctor and a nurse anesthetist is a nurse. So you're essentially performing the same procedure. You just had different routes of actually getting there, right? I guess I would also kind of compare it to, I don't know if this is a good parallel or not, but I just, I, I would compare it to like, um, Plastic surgery, right? Because I always say like when you go to get injections in your face, I always think rather than going to like a med spa, I mean, and there are some good med spas. I don't want to knock med spas, but I think some of them are not as great. And that's why you get like a group on Botox for like $2, um, which I don't recommend. But when it comes to a plastic surgeon and just an injector, those are two very different things, right? Plastic surgeons can still give you Botox and filler, but um, just a nurse injectors, like if you just go and you like take a training course on how to inject Botox into somebody's face and to be an injector, those are two very different things. You're technically performing the same procedure as Anne Maria is saying. You're both injecting Botox into a person's face. However, one's a doctor and one's not a doctor. One has a little more formal training. The other does not. So I'm not trying to knock nurse anesthetists, but I'm just saying that's kind of how in my, because listen, I don't know about anesthesiology. I don't know about any of that, but I do know about Botox. I do know about facial injections because um, I get them. But so, yeah, I mean, and through my own as a practitioner, as a person that practices getting these procedures, um, not somebody that like practices giving them, but um you know, like blowjobs, I like to, I receive them. I don't give them, um, you know, you, there, you, you can perform the same procedure coming from two different backgrounds. One is a lot quicker, obviously, if you're just like a med spa injector and you're kind of like a nurse that learned how to inject. Very different. Um, now, it is a specialized nurse. It is someone, a nurse that has, has a specialty in anesthesiology. Yes. But I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's a little dicey. It's a little complicated. I see why the ASA spoke out, though. So the ASA, the American Society of Anesthesiologists, they posted on their Instagram. It's a chart that compares the two. It compares anesthesiologists to nurse anesthetists. And their caption reads, um, that real housewives know a fake. Anesthesiologists are medical doctors with more than 12 years of higher education and up to 16,000 hours of clinical training. Title misappropriation has no place in healthcare. Okay. So here's what the chart that they posted says. So like I said, it's two charts or it's a chart with two, uh, two, drop downs. So the first one is anesthesiologist and it says they must complete medical school, have 12 to 14 years of higher education, complete 12 to 16,000 hours of clinical training focused on anesthesia care, pain control and responding to complications and emergencies and surgery and often spend a year or more in a fellowship program to learn a, to learn an anesthesiology subspecialty such as cardiac, pediatric, neurologic, uh obs obstetric, obstetric, pain management, or critical care. Nurse anesthetists do not complete medical school, have only five to seven years in higher education, only complete 2,500 hours of clinical training focused on anesthesia administration, and do not participate in subspecialty fellowships. Um, so that's what they said. And then Anne-Marie reacted to this, and she's responding and she posted on her Instagram story, she said, I do not condone the ASA's defamation campaign. I am a CRNA, 
a certified registered nurse anesthetist. I am extremely proud of my profession. I will not be accused of title misappropriation because a castmate needed a storyline on a reality TV show. This is my real life and my career. I am not an anesthesiologist, nor have I ever claimed to be one, which is true. She's never claimed to be an anesthesiologist. She's always said she's a CRNA. Um, I have immense respect for physician anesthesiologists, and I ask that the ASA and other anesthesiologists show respect to CRNAs as well. This type of unhealthy discourse only causes friction and professional division. Political issues exist between physician anesthesiologists and CRNAs, which explains their current attack on me and the CNRA profession. Our goal as an anesthesia provider should always be working together in order to best serve our patients, not competing with one another. My aim is to educate the public on who CNRAs are and what we do in providing the highest quality of anesthesia care to those we serve. The the esophagus storyline was not funny. Watching the show back now, I hate that storyline just as much as everyone else, and I would be mad at me too. It was a line of questioning I should have never started. And for that, I sincerely apologize. That storyline was unauthentically dragged on for far too long, and I've been dragged through the mud in the process. I just want to highlight the real in reality TV. So she also apologizes for that which I get I mean we're all well I guess I, I didn't read that second statement until right now about the uh the esophagus I agree it's going on too long and I think we're all fucking tired of it um yeah okay so Michelle in the live chat I said I feel like defamation is the wrong word here they're just trying to clarify things yes and no I do agree that defamation is too strong of a word however I mean, I kind of see both sides. I guess because I did, you know, part of the nonprofit work, we worked with a lot of doctors. And that this is something that would come up a lot between like an MD and a DO. And even when I used to write, right, because I used to be um, a freelance, would we call it a reporter? I used to write for, I wrote some articles for Men's Health, and I used to write a lot of articles for Pop Sugar, if anyone's familiar with Pop Sugar. Those are all still on the internet, by the way. I wrote tons of articles. I think I did it for maybe about two years. I don't remember exactly how long, maybe even longer. But I wrote several articles, you know, different recipes, different tips and tricks, TV recaps, TV reviews, um, lifestyle stuff. I wrote a lot for Pop Sugar. I have so many articles. I worked with, you know, their fitness team. I worked with their entertainment team. Um, so that was uh, interesting. But I do remember, though, when I would do, like, uh, health or wellness-related um, articles – they were very specific about the types of medical professionals that they would allow us to interview, right? Um, they had to be MDs. And it was also a little weird in terms of like, I remember one time I, I did interview an MD and they're like, oh, we don't like that MD. We saw her Instagram and her politics don't align with ours, so we're not going to promote her, which I also thought was fucking weird because the article and the scope of the article had nothing to do with politics and it was nothing political. It was literally about, I think I was writing an article about um using the scale and weight loss and whether or not it's healthy if you're, you know, somebody, somebody that struggled with an eating disorder and whether or not it's healthy to, um, or no, this wasn't pop sugar. This was men's health, I believe. Um, whether or not it was healthy to weigh yourself if you struggled with eating disorders in the past and how to have a healthy relationship with the scale. And anyway, that's a tangent, but so that's a total cliff note, side note, footnote. Um, but there was, you know, there's discourse over like an MD or a DO. They're technically both doctors, but how they get there is different. And MDs are more respected than DOs are. And so, you know, or even like a chiropractor, like a DC, a DC, 
Um, also is technically a doctor. And I know a lot of DCs that are great at what they do, but they're also not taken as seriously as like an MD. But again, the training, the, you know, uh, higher education, like all of that stuff is very different for the most part. So I understand title misappropriation. So I understand the ASA speaking out against title misappropriation. However, um, I don't think she's ever misrepresented her title. I can understand how if somebody doesn't understand what, what a nurse or a CRNA is, then you can be like, oh, well, it's like an anesthesiologist, you know, somebody that administers anesthesia. Now, nurses, I know mainly, as Marianne Stout has pointed out in the live chat, mainly work in the same day surgery center, right? So when you're going into surgery, that's where the nurse comes in and they administer anesthesia. So I, I get that piece of it. And an anesthesiologist, like their specialty, it's a lot more skilled, right? There's a lot more that goes into that. Um, do I think that Crystal, or sorry, do I think that Anne Marie was trying to misrepresent herself as a doctor when she's actually a nurse? No. I think Crystal is exaggerating that the same way Anne Marie is exaggerating and overextending this esophagus storyline. I think, listen, they both needed to come to play. They both needed camera time. So they're both coming in and trying to, you know, stretch something out even longer than it needs to be for the sake of relevance on a television show. And listen, they're both working off of each other. And I think Anne Marie's making Crystal relevant just as much as Sutton's making Anne Marie relevant on the show. That's, you know, that's what I feel about it. Um, so anesthesiologists, nurse anesthetists, they, yes, technically both do the same thing. In my own understanding of, like, as I said, comparing it to, like, the facial aesthetics world and, and Botox and stuff, you know, the... Like uh, somebody that that's just an, a med spot injector and an actual plastic surgeon, very different things. They can both perform the same procedure for the most part. Some do that very specifically, um, like a doctor. Like a, a, and also doctors have specialties. Like like the ASA said, there are certain specialties of anesthesiology anesthesiology that you can go into. Same thing with the plastic surgeon. Like some plastic surgeons are skilled in, you know the face. Uh, Dr. Jen Armstrong, who I've gone to get Botox and filler from in the past, she is, um, she, I think she said she did like sculpting classes. So when it comes to the face, she very much is particular about not just injecting because that's one thing. So that's a big difference. Like going to somebody that specializes in facial aesthetics and, you know, knows the face versus just going to somebody that knows how to inject. That's why you get a lot of really bad fillers sometimes is because sometimes you'll go to a med spa and injectors like, oh, yeah, I know how to administer filler. What do you want? You want bigger cheeks? OK, let me just inject a whole bunch of filler in your cheeks. And then you have that like pillow face. Right. Whereas Dr. Jen taught me, she's like some people overdo it with the filler because I told her I was like, I my smile lines are getting very deep and it's because I have a very hollow face like especially under my eyes not anymore because I have filler in my face but like um when it comes to the frown lines I was like those are getting really deep and so she's like what you don't do is inject filler directly into the frown line what you do is you inject it under the eye so that this kind of lifts a little bit it lifts your face to the point where it kind of just like evens out your face and it, it gives you like an overall facial lift rather than 
um, you know, getting that monkey mouth because you inject directly into the smile lines. Whereas if you were to go to a med spa, this is totally hypothetical, but I'm saying if you do go to a med spa and they're like, oh yeah, you want your, your frown lines gone? Okay, let's inject in those actual or inject in that area. And then you see people and they have that like big Muppet, like monkey mouth, you know? Um, the AS, the AANA has rebranded the last A from anesthetist to anesthesiologist with the new president in 2021 to 2022. So perhaps Anne-Marie was emboldened to say what she said. Um, ooh, let's look at this. So AANA name changed new president. The AANA has a new name and a new president. The 90-year-old organization has changed its name to the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, formerly American Association of Nurse Anesthetists, as part of a year-long rebranding effort designed to advance the science of nurse anesthesiology and advocate for certified registered nurse anesthetists. Nurse anesthesiology is the first profession to own the responsibility of anesthesia delivery, according to the AANA immediate past president, Steve, Stephen whatever. Um, today, nurse anesthesiology remains one of the nation's most innovative fields of science. Our new name tells the story of who we are, what we do, and what we stand for. We have now unified this understanding behind a clear, revitalized brand. The association also unveiled a new core purpose. CRNAs, CRNA focus, CRNA inspired. CRNAs have expanded the nation's critical care workforce, according to the AANA. The professional association represents nearly 60,000 CNRAs and student registered nurse anesthetists. I'm confused. What is it? So what is this? What They were formerly the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists, and they're now the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology. Got it. Okay, so they've rebranded, and that's, I guess, why... Oh, look, at here is... Um, so regarding the name change, in August 2021, the organization changed the name, got it, as part of a rebranding effort. The na this name change, along with the organization's endorsement of the descriptor, of the descriptor nurse anesthetists, was, or nurse anesthesiologist, was subsequently condemned by many physicians' groups, including... in a column damn it sorry one sec um was condemned by many physician groups including the ama the asa the american board of medical specialties american uh, osteopathic association american board of anesthesiology american osteopathic board of anesthesiology these organizations state that the name change is misappropriating the anesthesiologist title and that it is deceptive misleading to patients and causes confusion in care settings okay so they've rebranded they rebranded in 2021 oh got it so they went from being anesthetist to nurse anesthesiologists Okay, so I get why they're pissed, right? Because they were formerly known as anesthetists, a nurse anesthetist, and now they're being acknowledged, or now they're they're taking on the title of anesthesiologist. They're clarifying that they're clarifying that they're nurse anesthesiologists and not just a, a physician anesthesiologist. But I mean, that's like saying I'm a nurse doctor versus I'm a medical doctor. There's a medical doctor and then there's a nurse doctor. Are you really a nurse doctor? So, you know, 
I don't know. I get why they're pissed, though. Like, I, And I get why they would condemn Anne-Marie for using that term. However, the association has rebranded it and they have adopted this term. But I get why other organizations are pissed about this term. And this is probably why they spoke out and issued a statement, the ASA, because of the fact that... Um, because of the fact that, like, it's now on a reality television show. They feel like it's misrepresentation. Um, it does kind of feel like it's a little misrepresentation, right? Because you're taking the title of a physician that's had this practice for many, many years. This isn't an issue with Anne-Marie. I guess it's more of an issue with the organization, the AANA. So, I mean, you can't really be pissed at her for misrepresenting if that's something that, you know, the AANA is adopting themselves and endorsing for other CNRAs, CRNAs, sorry. Um, nurse practitioner technically can do the same as a medical doctor. Yeah, I mean, again, that's what I mean. Like, But the scope of work that Anne-Marie is claiming is misleading because there are jurisdictions that don't allow CRNAs to administer anesthesiology without a doctor's supervision. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that with like physicians and physician's assistants right? A PA. There's like a, an MD and a PA. I mean, listen, it's all sorts of, there are all sorts of different types of terms. And I know people feel very differently about this. I, again, I remember when I was doing my nonprofit work and we would put on medical conferences and we would have different doctors that would speak at these conferences. Everybody had, there were MDs, there were DCs, there were DOs, there were PAs. And it was even kind of like, oh, well, can a PA actually, you know, speak? But I guess technically they are a practitioner because they work with the doctors, but they're not the actual doctors, but they do have some sort of certification. They do have some experience because they're actually in, you know, working with the patients directly. Listen, it's a lot. It's a lot and it's confusing. And I I see both sides of it. I see Anne-Marie and why she's adopting this term because the organization that is leading the charge for CRNAs is endorsing the usage of nurse anesthesiologist, um, which I can also now see how Crystal may have misinterpreted what Anne-Marie said. Because she was like, you said you were a doctor, meaning you said you were an anesthesiologist, which you are not. And, and Anne-Marie is like, well, I didn't say that. I said I was a nurse anesthesiologist, not a physician anesthesiologist. But that's where it does get confusing. And that's where I'm kind of with the ASA. And I'm like, yeah, these terms, like this does make it confusing. Um because you, you're not the same thing. So I was trying to give Anne-Marie a little grace here, but now that we're talking through this, now that we're having this group therapy session, I'm like, no, I don't like it. It's not fully her fault, because again, the organization is the one that's endorsing this and encouraging this, but we've now spent nearly a half hour talking about fucking Anne-Marie and anesthesiology, which I would like to be removed from this narrative. I would like to move along. Move along. Move along, move along, move along. I totally believe Crystal on this. Anne-Marie has proven herself to not be truthful. So what has she not been truthful about, Michelle? Listen, also, I just want to say this because it pisses me the fuck off. Why is it okay now that everybody hates Anne-Marie and everybody on Twitter hates Anne-Marie and everybody's dragging Anne-Marie and calling her out left and right? Why is it that... Anytime I have something critical to say about Garcelle, y'all come at me and you're like, you're racist. And now suddenly everyone can drag Anne-Marie and it's solely about the show. Like suddenly like race politics are no longer a thing when it's a different black woman that people want to call out. Like 
double standards Twitter. I just want to say that because I get called out about Garcelle all the time. And I'm like, sometimes, listen, I like Garcelle. I think there's a lot that she brings to it. But I can also say Garcelle's shady or I think Garcelle panders to the audience. But anytime I criticize her, people drag me. And I know that because I just read a really terrible um, Apple podcast review. So that was just a little rant that I had to throw out there because I see everybody dragging Anne-Marie in the live chat right now. And I just wanted to say that. Hmm. Maybe you should check your internalized bias. Okay. Um, but I was trying to give Anne-Marie grace. The more that we talk through this, though, the more it is, you know. She said that Crystal mentioned Sutton had an eating disorder when it was Anne-Marie. Oh, that is a lie. Yes, that's a good point. That That's a good point um, about her saying Crystal was the one. But again, if you rewatch that scene, I know I like to look at both sides of everything. When you rewatch that scene, she does reference an eating disorder. So she does kind of like dance on that line. Um, and Crystal's like, she had an eating disorder. And then Anne Marie's like, I didn't say she had an eating disorder. And Crystal's like, yes, you did. And she's like, no, I didn't. So I just think that they have very different communication styles. But like, that's a very valid question to ask, right? If somebody is saying that their esophagus is too small and that's why they can't eat, people that do have eating disorders usually look, again, as somebody that has struggled with eating disorders very much in the past, you do kind of look for these things. Like I, you know, I remember getting like blood work done and like, um, I mean, listen, I did have a sensitivity to gluten and to dairy. That doesn't mean that I can't ever eat gluten and dairy, but I think that that was kind of obsessive of me at one point where I would avoid eating, um, I would avoid eating, um, gluten and dairy, like hardcore. Whereas now I, you know, if it's in a meal or whatever, I don't eat it. I don't, eat it often. I just don't like the way that it it makes me feel when I eat it um, because I try to just eat as clean as possible now, but I'm not obsessive over it. But I do remember how, you know, I would get blood work. I'm like, this is what my doctor said. And, and, you know, you can use these things to, um, you know, encourage habits of an eating disorder. I'm not saying Sutton has an eating disorder, but I'm saying that I can understand Anne-Marie's train of thought with that. Um, I don't like the way that she came at, at Sutton. I think it was annoying. She was nonstop about it. It was just, it was dumb. It was stupid. I'm trying to give this girl some grace. I'm trying to like not hate on her the same way everyone else is hating on her, but she's not making it any easier. I actually think, I miss Diana Jenkins. Listen, Diana had money and Diana had rich story. You know, her background was interesting. She was a little tough to deal. She was a hard pill to swallow, but Diana definitely was interesting. So, um, okay, let's move on because I feel like, <laughs> um, I feel like we've beat this this dead horse into glue at this point. Um, but before we let's oh, because Orange County just started filming again, which let's get into that. But before we get into that, I just want to say, want a New Year's resolution that won't have you tangled in an elliptical or eating the world's most depressing salad? Here's one. Smelling better and naked. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed not by CNRAs, but designed by OBGYNs to work not only on pits, but also on feet, on your private parts, and everywhere else that gets an odor. So no matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. They've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. I have this toasted coconut deodorant, which um, it smells so yummy and so delicious, mm. which in turn, 
Mm, makes me smell yummy and delicious. It just like smells buttery. So like you're just going to want to devour, devour me when you smell it. Um, my personal favorite though are these uh, deodorant wipes by Lumi, which are, they're acidified deodorant wipes, pH optimized to control your odor. I have the cool cucumber scent and they smell so yummy, so fresh. I love to take them on a flight. They're perfect for on the go. Like when I'm traveling or if I have a long day and I'm running around in between tapings or, you know, events like this week was crazy. So I had my Lumi deodorants and I was like every on the go in an Uber and being like, all right, let's freshen up. Let's go into the bathroom real quick. Let's, you know, make sure we're looking cute, make sure we're smelling cute and not gross from running around and walking the dogs and, you know, going from this studio to that studio and then, you know, quick turnaround to run into an event, make the switch to Lumi because this year it'll be, you'll be smelling good and you'll be feeling confident head to toe. No salads required. Okay. Special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code NOFILTER at lumideodorant.com. That's code NOFILTER at Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O, D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. That's no filter at lumideodorant.com. Get your $5 off that starter pack, guys. Let's get it. Um, also, you know, if you are looking to, to improve yourself this 2024, this new year, then get started on your resolutions with Factor. So you're ready for this new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success this new year. Skip the grocery store, skip the prep work, and skip that cooking fatigue because we know when you've had a long day and you're like, oh, now I have to cook. Well, instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause like Dorinda, put it on pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Need a special occasion meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. Guys, head to factormeals.com slash nofilter50 and use code nofilter50 to get 50% off. That's code nofilter50, 50, nofilter50 at factormeals.com slash nofilter50 to rack in that 50% off. Mmm. Let's get it, honey. All right, let's get back to the tea. Breaking news. Ooh, Hannah Burner just announced her first Netflix comedy special. Good for her. Woo, woo. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's get it, honey. Um, You go, Hannah Burner. You go, Glenn Coco. New comedy special coming soon. Hannah Burner's funny. I like Hannah Burner. I think she's better as like a stand-up comedian than she was on... Summer House. I think she's definitely moved on from Summer House. She's got a great career. Good for her. Happy for her. She's been on this podcast. Oh, actually, she got me on Summer House. I had her on this podcast. If you go back to, I think it was the premiere episode of season five, because yes, I've been on Bravo multiple times. The premiere episode of season five of Summer House. I was on the premiere of season nine of Vanderpump Rules with my interview with Lala. That was featured on the show. Um, 
the Beverly Hills opening episode this season, last season's finale I was in. Listen, No Filter has been around. No Filter, I just want to flex on this, is the only podcast, the only podcast to be featured on three different shows on Bravo five times, okay? Five times and counting. Okay. I'm talking premiere episodes, finale episodes, trailers. Mm, that's right. Humble brag. Okay, Real Houses of Orange County has started filming. Shannon Bedore was spotted filming with Jen, the newbie from last season. Remember Jen and her cuckoo? <laughs> uh, remember Jen and her cuckoo boyfriend, Ryan, with the dick pics and the Snapchat and all of that? So it seems like Jen is being somewhat of an ally uh, to Shannon Storm's Bedore. She, they were spotted outside in OC Newport Beach filming for the new season, so production is under wraps. I mean, we know Tamara and Shannon aren't talking to each other. So it looks like Shannon's like, I need an ally. I'm gonna, And I don't know if Gina and Emily are really talking to Shannon because nobody ended on good terms with Shannon last season. So we'll see what, what happens. We'll see where it goes. The Trace Abuelas are donezo. Um, all right. Oh, Monica Garcia from Real Houses of Salt Lake City. So according to The Sun here in the U.S., the, pub, the newspaper The Sun, According to them, Monica's countersuit against Beauty Lab and Laser was dismissed on January 17th. So it was just dismissed. What was that, last week? When was the 17th? Last Wednesday. Her countersuit against Beauty Lab and Laser dismissed. So one, her claim is time barred by the statute of limitations. So even though she was like, I'm not going to pay. Well, I guess there's no statute of limitations on when she has to pay the money back, but there was a statute of limitations on when she was supposed to file a lawsuit against um, Heather Gay or uh, regarding the um, bad injections that she claims that she got. Those were years ago. And so that time has, because again, if you got bad injections, you'd want to get on that right away. And it, but they weren't permanent. Like, again, you can, you can, have filler dissolved and Botox like dissolves within a couple of months. So yeah. <sighs> um, but yeah, I remember at the reunion when she was like, I'm not suing anyone. I've never sued anyone. And then the Bravo doc, it's like, um, actually she's linked to like 20 different lawsuits. And Heather was like, um, you're suing me. And she's like, no, I was responding to you. And Heather's like, um, no, you are counter suing, which means you are suing her back. <clears throat> Ooh, Ryan Bailey, Brittany said in the live chat, Ryan Bailey said that he has on good authority that Monica will not be coming back. Real Housewives altogether must be coming to an end soon because now fans are getting on and it's not Real Housewives anymore. That is interesting how Monica came. Well, I mean, I guess she is a real housewife. She was married. She has children. She's a housewife and she lives in Salt Lake City. So it's not that she's not a housewife. It's not that she's not a mom. It's not that she wasn't married. Um, she is a fan of the show though, but that's the thing. I feel like all of these women at this point are like fans of the show. I've said, I think housewives is coming to an end soon that Andy said that he's, they're not adding any new housewife cities that they have no intention to add any more cities from what they already have. Salt Lake city was originally not even supposed to be a housewife show. It was Heather Gay said that when they did it, they thought it was going to be like a Shaws of Sunset style show, like a, you know, a show that was based in Salt Lake City, but it wasn't actually going to be housewives. Then it became housewives. I believe Mary Cosby was like the inspiration for the show. Like people were interested in Mary Cosby. And then from there, they like started to look into other people. And then eventually the show kind of came together and became a real housewife style show, which is interesting because then remember the original production company for Salt Lake City 
when the, after they shot it and started to put together some of the edits, they had originally had Mary Cosby as a friend of. So it's interesting that Mary Cosby was kind of the initial like interest in Salt Lake City. And then eventually they moved away from her, focused on the other women, primarily Jen Shaw and Mary Cosby was a friend of. And then Bravo brought in a new production company to edit the footage that they had had and to rework the show. And then eventually they added Mary back in as a full-time housewife. Interesting. Very, very interesting. But so Monica's lawsuit against Heather, one, statute of limitations issue, and two, she failed to obtain a certificate of compliance. So her lawsuit couldn't move forward. Um, Beauty Lab and Laser is still, their lawsuit is still ongoing. They're suing Monica for the $2,000 that she owes them, which again, I think this is more on principle rather than it is on trying to get their $2,000. Like $2,000 is nothing. Why are they really going to pursue her for not paying her $2,000 tap? Come on. Um, I believe it went to collections and that's how the lawsuit came forth is they just decided to put it into collections. Um, But they're suing her for that $2,000 tab plus interest plus costs plus attorney's fees. So costs are like filing fees, all of that stuff. And then attorney's fees are, you know, their you know, what they uh, are entitled to to get paid out. So, in Teresante. But Beauty Lab and Laser, it looks like they're going to come from Monica. I mean, I would imagine that they're going to get probably a good, I mean, if the tab itself is 2000 I would imagine they get that back, plus interest, plus cost, plus attorney's fees. I mean, they might win a good $5,000 settlement. Yeah, good for them. Um, okay, so that's Monica Garcia. She is not heard. Now she can say, I'm not suing Heather because, yeah, I bet your lawsuit got dismissed. Lost. Um, Like desperate housewives. Yeah. Listen, Brittany, true. She is a real housewife, but she's a real desperate housewife at the same time, just like her mama. I don't think they bring Monica back. I mean, yes, I'm kind of interested in see how they all move forward, but I just... Monica Garcia is not the type of well but then think about like they brought in Brandy Glanville and she was great and she was like a struggling housewife she was technically you know a real housewife she was a tabloid fixture um I don't know uh let's talk about the valley Vanderpump Rules the spinoff the valley which premieres it looks like it's going to be premiering on March 19th because Alex Baskin reveals that there's going to be a crossover episode on episode eight. So if you do the math, if you do the calculations, if you do the science, um, and the show premieres on January 30th, then you have January 30th, which is episode one. Episode two is February 6th. Episode three is February 13th. Episode four is February 20th. Episode five is February 27th. Episode six is March 5th. Episode seven is March 12th, which leaves episode eight airing on March 19th, which looks like that will be the premiere date for the Pump Roll spinoff, The Valley. I'm looking forward to The Valley. Apparently, they're doing what they did on Beverly Hills. Remember when Brandy sat down with Sheena and it was like a crossover episode? Well, they're doing the same thing with Jackson Tom. So Jackson and Tom are going to have a sit-down conversation, and then that's going to be the lead-in for the new Valley spinoff. Also, I don't know, Zach, according to Josh, we shouldn't trust your math skills. You know, we're not listening to Josh. Josh is not here right now, Joe Mendoza. Um, Also, Josh does not know math. He's not a math. Well, actually, you know, we're not talking about it. Uh, Actually, he went to school. Listen, he has a degree. I don't. Uh, But again, math is not my forte. I've never claimed to be good at math. I'm good at words, which is why I'm a podcast host. 
which is why I'm an entertainment host, which is why I'm a reporter, which is why I write and I talk and I do all the things. Oh, but so Alex Baskin says that there's going to be a crossover episode. And I believe I read somewhere that there are going to be multiple crossover episodes, which is actually smart, right? Because if they really want people to watch The Valley, then having multiple crossover episodes would be smart lead-ins to make sure people continue watching. And we did see that like Lala and Sheena were filming with Kristen and Jax. So I would imagine that there will be multiple, which you know what? Damn it. I called this months ago when we saw them all filming together. I said, I think that they're probably going to have multiple crossovers and it's going to air um, to get, they're going to air together. So. Hmm. So yeah, we can expect that. It looks like the, anticipated predicted premiere date for the valley will be march 19th um speaking of dates though you guys i'm coming back to the bourbon room if you're watching this on youtube be sure to hit that like button but i'm coming back to the bourbon room february 14th everybody valentine's day do you want to be my valentine be mine be my valentine be my valentine even if just for a night i don't know if that's a real song or a song that i just made up but there we go Get your tickets. Go to nofilterlive.com. That's nofilterlive.com. Get your tickets to my Valentine's Day show. We got some very special guests. Um, maybe some of your faves from Housewives or Ultimate Girls Trip. Just saying. You never know who's going to show up. Listen, who have we had? Listen, I always, there's never been a live show that has been disappointing. Okay, let me just say that. I've had Sheena and Brock in my live shows. I've had the Toms in my live shows. I've had, who else have I had? I've had Dorinda Medley, Margaret Josephs in my live shows. I had uh, Megan King, uh, Johnny DeFilippo from Bachelor Nation, because I don't just have Bravo stars. I had Johnny DeFilippo from Bachelor Nation. I had Molly and Cynthia from um, 90 Day Fiance and Pillow Talk. Um, who else did I have? Um, oh my god, I've had so I've done so many live shows. Who did we just have recently? Kristen Doty, Gigi, Reza, MJ. I'm telling you right now, there are um some some of your favorite guests that there may be some repeats. I will tell you right now, I announced some of my friends because I always do a friends panel, and you guys, every time I do the bourbon room, you guys love my my boys. So I will have Josh back in the show. Josh will be there again on Valentine's Day. Evan Real, you guys know Evan Real from Page Six. He'll be in the show as well. Uh, my friend Andy Lawani, he's a reporter at What's Trending. He'll be in the show. And then Jeff Epstein. You guys know Jeff. You love Jeff. He's crazy. He's chaotic. He's on his way to a, a cruise right now and just watching his stories on the plane. I'm like, my God, Jeffrey such a disaster <laughs> but I love him um so yeah Evan Josh Jeff and Andy will be in my show this this round um with some other very special guests that I will be announcing over these weeks but I'm telling you right now get your tickets now there are a limited amount of tickets available um you can come as an individual it's okay to come single you'll meet other members of the Zach pack and you'll have a good time regardless or we do have couples packages and we have a Galentine's Day package so couples packages you do get a discount you get admission for two we have VIP or GA so if you buy a couples package the two of you get to come you get a discount on tickets you get access to the pre-show you get access and, and premiere seating for the live show it's a good it's a good time um and then we do have a galentine's day package you'll be seated in a special booth you'll get a complimentary bottle of rosé you'll be sitting with all of my peeps you have a special vip booth with all of us together which will be a good time so telling you right now get it um get your tickets at nofilterlive.com you can also live stream it if you're not in la 
you can catch the live stream. You can get your tickets at nofilterlive.com. There's a button to say buy tickets, and then you can get it there. Um, Joe Mendoza said, oh, I'm afraid. I always have to read your questions before I put them on the screen, and I always I always fail. Uh, you guys should have a quick section in the show to have your guests line up according to their dick size from smallest to biggest. Um, well, I, I can say of... The ones I just mentioned, I would definitely be the biggest. Um, no, that would so mean, Joe. Um, yeah. All right, guys. I think that's all I have for you. I wish I could go. Sounds like so much fun. It's going to be a blast. Listen, if you don't like to do anything for Valentine's Day, at least come out. It's called a no filter night of love. We're going to have so much fun. Please come, guys. Please, please come. It's going to be a blast. Uh, already lining up the special guests. And you're going to love it. I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you showing up for me every day of the week. I'm here Monday through Thursday, every morning, dropping a new podcast episode, new episode of No Filter with Zach Peter. Get your merch with the link in the description below. Get your tickets to my live show February 14th at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Go to nofilterlive.com to get your tickets. You can always follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Be sure to follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. Let me know what you're thinking of the, of the, of the facial hair. Do we like it? Do we like the scruff? Are we a fan? Should we keep it? Should we not? Um, should we go bare face and go back to blonde. I don't miss those days. I actually think I'm, I'm miss moving on. Listen, I was iconically blonde for a long time and now I'm a lethally brunette and I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. This is a new era. I'm ready. Ready. All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Monday. I'll see you tomorrow. No Filter with Zach Peter. Available on all podcast platforms. You can stream it live on YouTube. You can watch it on Spotify. Be sure to leave me good reviews. All the good reviews. I love you guys. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you soon. Ciao for now. Bye, baby.